Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favourite podcast app. Future you will thank you. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football family. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiou, and on this edition, we're going to be reacting live to the announcement of Declan Rice. Declan Rice has completed his transfer to Arsenal. It was revealed or confirmed, I should say, rather than revealed because we all knew it was coming. It was confirmed that Declan Rice had left West Ham United this morning. Uh, they put out a statement. It was a bit of a weird statement. They didn't even mention Arsenal Football Club as his next destination. Maybe that was agreed uh, between the two clubs that Arsenal were going to do it their way as and when they felt uh, they were ready and had all the bits and pieces in place. But anyway, the announcement came out this morning with regards to West Ham and his departure uh, from East London, which then kind of strengthened the reports that were doing the rounds last night, claiming that actually Arsenal were going to announce this today. Now, I have to say, there was a tiny little part of me that thought Arsenal were going to drag this on as long as they possibly can. There was a part of me that thought we're going to still be sitting here at 5pm tonight, refreshing Twitter, scrolling through the internet, hoping desperately for an update to come. But no, they didn't keep us waiting that long because at one o'clock, just before one o'clock, we got a notification uh, from Arsenal Twitter, the official Arsenal Twitter, telling us that um, there was going to be a, a video premiering on the uh, YouTube channel with a link for everybody to jump over to. And it was great the way they'd done it because, uh, look, everybody knew what it was, but they tried at least to dress it up as something else. The title of the video was Live from the Arsenal Training Centre. And if you had a quick look, quick glance at the... Um, the description, it said, enjoy match highlights and get to know the likes of Bukayo Saka, etc., etc., behind the scenes. Uh, <laughs> it was great. Um, and uh, and then you get, as you get on a premiere, that sort of countdown. And I was looking at it, and at one time there was 90,000 people waiting uh, to see what that video was going to be, literally concurrent viewers, which I thought was incredible. Um, look, on this show, we're going to react to the announcement. We're going to talk about Declan Rice. We're going to react to his... Uh, interview as well, his first interview with the club, because part one is out at the time of us doing this stream. I've watched it. I thought it was fantastic. And I'll explain my reasons why. Uh, we'll also uh, react a little bit more to West Ham's uh, sort of statement with regards to his departure, the open letter that Declan Rice wrote to the West Ham United supporters, because I think what that does is give us an indication of the type of character that he is. And although it doesn't really concern us because it's not related to our club, it is the type of thing from which you can, I think, gauge someone's character. And I really, really enjoyed reading that, even though I don't care that much for West Ham United Football Club 
and all the rest of it. We'll be talking about the significance of breaking our club transfer record. The significance of this being the biggest transfer fee exchanged between two English clubs. We'll also uh, talk about the fact that Arsenal are now able to attract these type of players, what that means. And a little bit later on in the show, I'm going to be opening up the phone lines for you guys to join me and have your say on this breaking news. Declan Rice is an Arsenal player. Now, when you're talking by yourself, these podcasts can get quite tiring. So I am going to bring people on as well. I'm going to get you guys from the live chat. So keep your eyes peeled uh, for the link that is going to be popped into the description just before we're ready. Uh, come on, have your say. There is no time limit to this episode, which is great. I've cleared the diary unless I get any calls. Like I was going to start this a little bit earlier on and I got a call asking if I could jump onto five live uh, just before I did this. So I jumped on there just for a couple of minutes, instant reaction to the Declan Rice news. But now I'm here. Now I'm free. And now all the focus is right here on the Chronicles of Aguna YouTube channel. Uh, we will be releasing this, of course, in podcast format for those of you that can't stick around for the entirety of the show, but want to make sure that you're across the content. And uh, yeah, looking very, very much forward to it. We'll be taking your comments from the chat. But as I say, we'll be welcoming some of you on to the show a little bit later on as well. If I could just ask before we go any further, if you haven't done so already, please do leave a like on the video. Leave a like. If you're pleased with the signing of Declan Rice, um, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already as well as we continue on our journey towards 30,000 YouTube subscribers. We'd love to get there sooner rather than later. This is amazing. And I'll tell you why this feels really cool and, and really amazing at the moment. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to share uh, my screen with you guys as well, just to give you a, a kind of... Um, a kind of example with regards to what I'm explaining at the moment, because there's been a lot of talk about the the delay in this transfer and the fact that the delay in this transfer had almost kind of taken the joy out of it and, and, and it almost killed the experience and the sort of buzz that a lot of people were feeling around this Declan Rice transfer. Now, while I agree, it would have been better if it came quicker and the buzz uh, certainly would have been that little bit more had Arsenal been able to get this deal over the line, wrapped it all up and, and all the rest of it at an earlier date. What you've got to say is that regardless of everybody knowing it was happening, regardless of how long it took, the buzz, the reaction to this has been massive because Arsenal are massive. Look at this, right? Arsenal put this tweet out 54 minutes ago, which is that really brief uh, video uh, of Declan Rice doing his stuff, showing off the Arsenal kit. And of course, uh, there's a little voiceover on that video as well. It's had 5.9 million views in less than an hour. 145k likes at the time of recording. 70k retweets. If you go uh, back to the last one, look at these videos. Like The pop-off has been unbelievable and the reaction has been huge. This video from Adidas, I think, is really cool as well. Uh, features uh, some very, very familiar faces. Laura Woods there. Uh, you'll see on your screen Ian Wright features in the video a little bit later on. Alessia Russo, Aaron Ramsdale, uh, too, just to name a few, uh, which is um, which is brilliant to see as well. Um, but yeah, check that video out if you haven't done so already. I love this bit. Yo, it's Eddie. My mum's got some Joloff waiting, bro. Uh, because of course, Declan Rice in his opening interview, which we'll reflect on in a little bit more detail in a little bit uh, of time. 
talks about his relationship with Eddie and Ketia. And I wonder um, how much that played a part, perhaps, in Declan Rice wanting to come over and sign for the Arsenal. But anyway, um, should we start with the live chat? I think we should start with the live chat. Let's go through uh, some of you guys' comments um, because there are loads coming through. Keep them coming and we'll tap into as many as we possibly can. Uh, Juno says the Adidas announcement was better than Arsenal's one. I'll tell you what, the Adidas one is fantastic, as I've just mentioned, and you may have got a glance of that if you're watching us on YouTube. So do uh, check that out if you haven't done so already. Um, Aaron Ward says he's really enjoying uh, the behind-the-scenes videos of preseason. I really like the way that Arsenal did the reveal. I know it was a bit short, and I know that people, were, like, a mate of mine texted me literally as it finished and said, was that it? And I, and I get it, but you know, you know that the interviews are coming, you know that all the rest of the content is ready to go. I like the way that they did this bit in the training centre. I like the way that they sort of panned the camera around to Declan Rice, give him an opportunity to say a few words in front of the team. Same with Yuri and Timber. I saw some people in the comments when I was watching it saying, what about Kai Havertz? Well, Kai Havertz has been there for a little while now, so he's had the opportunity uh, to do that, to, to say his bit. And whatever you say, and you know, there will be people out there that will tell you that Yuri and Timber is as good a signing as Declan Rice, it's just that it's not being shone in that light because we didn't pay 105 million for him. But this is the marquee signing of the summer. This is the one that Arsenal really, really wanted to get over the line. This is the one that they were willing to go that extra mile to do. And the one I think that sends a real big statement out to the rest of the Premier League going into the new season. Junior Gunner says, um, buzzing for Rice and Timber. We've made two great signings this summer. No, it's no mention of Havertz there. Mike in Perth says, don't care whether or not West Ham made reference to Arsenal. Why would they? Would we in the same position? More importantly, uh, we got him. Happy to join in, buddy. I'll definitely pop that link in there, mate. Looking forward uh, to speaking to you a little bit later on in the episode. Um, so just going back to that, because I said we'd talk a little bit about West Ham's statement. And I guess the the gist of it is you know, we'd like to thank Declan for his time at the club and all the rest of it and highlighting the achievements that he's uh, he's managed to achieve while being there. Obviously, a European trophy, albeit, uh, you know, a third rate one, you know, don't want to take anything away from West Ham, but that is what it is. Um, and obviously, West Ham thanking Declan Rice for captaining them, captaining them to that particular bit of glory. And I get it. Like, you know, he's a big, big player for them. He has been a big player for them. What I thought was really interesting was, A, the lack of a mention for Arsenal, although I'm not as annoyed about that or didn't react to it as sort of, I don't know, as knee-jerk as maybe a lot of Twitter did when I read it because it is Arsenal's thing to announce. It's not West Ham's announcement to make and where we're talking about two Premier League clubs where we could argue that maybe the relationship became a little bit difficult, a little bit fractured over the course of these negotiations. You can kind of understand uh, why Arsenal maybe said, no, you know what, we're going to do it ourselves. Leave it out. I get it. Um, anyway, it, to me, that wasn't that big a deal. I agree with what Mike is saying, but it did come across as a little bit salty, I think. Uh, when I first read it, I was like, mm, but then I thought about it for a few minutes and just thought, well, is it that big a deal? Who actually cares? We've got Declan Rice. They're losing him. And, um, you know, considering we've been, you know, we've been uh, insulting, apparently, in our bids 
um, and we've been derogatory in terms of the way we've gone about this deal and incompetent because our lawyers apparently didn't know what they were doing and all the rest of it. It's funny that the narrative still out there among the wider world is Arsenal have overpaid and, and all the rest of it. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? I, I, just, I, I love the fact that people don't like us anymore because that shows that we're... I wouldn't go as far as saying back because we haven't won any of the major trophies, uh, you know, the trophies that I regard as the major trophies in the last few seasons. But um, you know, we are on our way to that point. You feel we're certainly making the right progress. While there are no guarantees in football, you can't deny that Arsenal are taking big strides towards being at the top table again. And and I think Declan Rice's A, willingness to join us and B, interview that he gave, which again, we'll reflect on in a little bit more detail a little bit later on in the programme, is a huge indication of how we're perceived now by the wider world as well. Uh, Pete Geary says, uh, knew it was going to happen, but still buzzing. Uh, lots of love for the Adidas video, understandably so. Uh, Sooty says, three key signings done. Full squad ready to tour America. Arsenal moving faster than any other Premier League team. Come on, you gunners. And I've talked about this before, but I think the fact that, you know, we've, um, I, I think the fact that we, benefited from doing business early last season played a big part here because I think as a result of that you know Mikel Arteta was probably on the case of the club to get that business done really early again because the earlier you get it done the more time you have for people to settle down the more time you have to get people in and and among the group and sort of understand and learn their surroundings and all the rest of it I think it's great um, and obviously we benefited from having that stability early on going into last season because we started like a house on fire and Arsenal will want to set that tone again. Okay, uh, what else have we got? Um, Wesbird says, not going to lie, I was never overly excited about the Rice deal. But I have to be honest, if you want to be regarded as a, few, as a huge club, it was critical that we got this done. And I'm very, very happy uh, to be proven wrong. Um, what's this? Uh, name says, love this admin taking the P out of the right out of uh, the rice announcement, finalizing the paperwork. Was that in the, in the bit? I haven't read that yet. I was going to read that with you guys uh, live on the show. We'll do that in just uh, a second. Let's say a few more hellos though. Um, big hello to T who joins us from a very hot Cyprus. I read it was 40 degrees there this morning. Wow. Uh, maybe time for a nice cold rice pudding to cool off a top, top game changing signing. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Um, Charles says you and Tom on at the same time. I don't know. Is Tom on? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what else have we got? Um, all right. On the contract photo. I'll check that out. I'll check that out. Um, definitely. We'll do that. Right. Let's go uh, to the club's website. Then let's break it down. England international Declan Rice has joined us from West Ham United on a long-term contract. The 24 year old midfielder has uh, vast experience making 245 senior appearances for the Hammers as well as uh, winning 43 caps for the three Lions. Wow. I mean, when you think about the fact that he's 24 and he's achieved all of that, 245 uh, senior appearances for a Premier League club and 43 caps for England at this stage, I think that's great, isn't it? It, it really, really is. And it's a real uh, big sort of um, sort of indicator of this idea and this notion that we keep talking about, which is Arsenal want players of a certain age 
but also players that have experience. He certainly falls into that category and into that bracket. Uh, Declan started his youth career at Chelsea, which we know that's where he met Eddie and Ketia. That's why they have the relationship that they do. Uh, he was named club captain at West Ham in May 2022 and went on to lead the Hammers to the Europa Conference League title in June and was named the tournament's player of the season by UEFA. A regular with the England national team, he featured at both Euro 2020 and the 2022 World Cup. Let's see uh, what Edu had to say. We'll also talk about what Mikel Arteta had to say. Love this picture, by the way. Look how tanned Arteta looks. Um, brilliant, isn't it? Uh, Sporting director Edu said, Declan is a player with fantastic ability and a proven record at both club and international levels. The process of this transfer has been a big team effort with a clear plan. And we're so happy that Declan is joining us. He's a high quality young international player who will add great strength to our squad, fitting so well into our strategy of competing with young, talented players at the centre of our club. It's great that Declan will be joining up with Mikel, our coaches and his new teammates in good time ahead of the new season. Love that. Uh, let's take it on to what Mikel Arteta had to say. He says, um, we're really happy that Declan is joining us. He's a player with tremendous ability who's been performing at a high level in the Premier League and for England for a number of seasons now. He brings undoubted quality to the club and is an exceptional talent who has the potential to be very successful here. Declan has experience in the Premier League at only 24 years old. Again, reinforcing that point. And I hadn't even read this, by the way, when I was saying that. He captained a very good West Ham team. And as we all saw, he recently lifted the European trophy. The responsibility and role he has taken on has been very impressive. And we're really excited that he is joining us. He will, as expected, wear the number 41 shirt, uh, which is uh, the number that... Um, he wore, of course, at West Ham United. Look, a couple more points from me, and then we're going to start bringing you guys into the show as well. So I am dropping the link right now uh, in the comments. Uh, there it is. I'm going to pin it uh, to the top of the chat as well. So if you want to join me, uh, all you have to do is click on that link. In fact, let me do it again. Uh, one second. Hold on. Let me paste the link in and then I'll just put an instruction just in case uh, you haven't um, been listening to the show and you, you put off oh, that one idiot. Um, <laughs> uh, hold on. Wait. Uh, how do we do this? Here we go. Click on this link to join me. Uh, please make sure that if you do join me that A, your camera's turned on, that you're not in a loud place because... There are people that are listening to this and will listen to this in podcast format as well. So as good a quality as we can get it, the better. Uh, I do appreciate that it's a live show and that I can't control all of that all of the time. Um, and I'm sure our listeners do too. But it would be great if um, we could just make that bit of effort to try and uh, give it the production value that an announcement like this one deserves, you feel. Um, hold on a second. Have I pinned the new one to the uh, live chat? I don't think I have. Hold on a second. Declan Rice is a gooner. I was going to open the show, by the way, by singing Rice, Rice, Baby. You know how I did the, the Timber song yesterday? I had so many comments about that. I thought, yeah, maybe that didn't quite go down the way in which I thought it would. So I'm not going to sing anymore uh, on podcast. Hold on. Here we go. Uh, replace pinned message. There we go. So if you want to join me, that is the link. Click on it and I will happily bring you into the show. 
Um, can't wait to hear from some of you guys on this as well. But a few points from me uh, whilst you guys are getting into uh, the live chat. So statement, statement signing. This is very much that. This is the example of a statement signing. If ever there was a, a blueprint as to how to do it, it's go and bring in one of the most in-demand players in the league that you currently play in from a rival, a London rival in West Ham's case. Maybe not a direct rival in terms of the level that we're expected to compete at. But, um, you know, you go and get him and you beat a big club, another big club that are pushing for him to the signing. That is as big a statement as you can make, I think. And that's why this is really, really important and really, really significant. Lots of talk about the add-ons as well. And we understand uh, that Arsenal are to pay West Ham £100 million across 24 months. Uh, and the, the add-ons are structured as follows. So uh, it's going to be £1 million paid to West Ham United each time Arsenal make the Champions League and Declan Rice starts 60% of the games. But that is capped, of course, uh, at uh, five payments. So that's what takes it from £100 million up to uh, £105 million. They won't get their £105 million, though, if Arsenal don't keep qualifying for the Champions League. So that's really, really important. Um, I also wanted to talk about, just quickly, the fact that we're able to attract this type of player now. Because that wouldn't have happened three years ago. You know, it, it, it wouldn't have happened. It, it doesn't matter how far Man City were going to go. If this was three years ago, a player like Declan Rice would have looked at Arsenal and said, I'm not sure about this. And so I'm going to hold out for a Man City move. And if my club gets a bit less as a result of that, then whatever. I'm going to fight for that move. That's the one I want um, because that's the one where I, I feel like I'm, I'd am i be making the best move for in terms of my career. Arsenal are competitive now in that sense. And the perception of Arsenal is now competitive in relation to the likes of City now and Liverpool and all the rest of it. So I think this is a really, really big move from Arsenal. Have we overpaid? We've talked about this time and time again. Yeah, we probably have. You know, we probably have. But unfortunately, that's the way the market works. That's what you've got to do uh, if you're going to, um, to to fight for the best players and, and hopefully compete at the very, very top of the division. Right, look, we're going to start bringing uh, some of our callers into the conversation. Remember, if you want to join me and have your say, on the Declan Rice signing slash announcement, then there is a link pinned at the top of the chat box. Click into it and I'll bring you into the chat uh, as and when uh, we're ready. Uh, we've got our first caller lined up. Great friend of the show. You're all going to recognize him. He's an absolute legend. And uh, we'll be bringing him on in just a moment. We're going to take a very, very short pause. Literally two seconds. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna. We're bringing you live reaction to the announcement of Declan Rice as an Arsenal player. And I'm delighted to say uh, that one of our longtime listeners, members, uh, good friend as well, uh, Wilf is with us, uh, also known as Creambone in the chat. I'm sure you will know uh, who he is. Uh, Wilf, how's it going, mate? I'm, it's nearly uh, an shirt, that. It's, it's nearly an Arsenal shirt, I guess. I will explain. Uh, this is um, Ajax are my favourite Dutch side, and this is by way of thanking them for giving us timber. Um, so I'm wearing in honour of uh, uh, the swap. So I thought I'd, I'd swap them back an image for giving us one of the best players that we could possibly get. So 
That's why. That's why I'm I'm, still, I'm in this shit. I thought long and hard. I was thinking about an Arsenal shit, but I thought that'd be a bit cliche. So um, I've gone with the Ajax. I've gone with the Ajax. How are you, Harry? Um, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a, it's been a minute, and um, thank you for having me on. And um, how are you, mate? How is you and the family? Yeah, all good, man. All good. I've um, I've 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 struggled a bit this summer. Like, obviously, I'm delighted with the business that we've done, and and I'm gr- glad that we've got these players in. But it's been relentless. You know, this was supposed to be the time uh, in which I had a little bit of downtime, and it's actually been busier than it would be during the season. Uh, the only thing is, I'm not travelling to matches, which has taken away some of the tiredness, I guess. But yeah, um, I'm good, thank you, man, and uh, and good to see you on the show. I mean. We've known this is come. This has been coming for a little while, right? So nobody's surprised. There isn't the shock element here. But I mean, explain sort of what you felt when you got that notification that finally, after all this time, this deal was done. I mean, to be honest, as you say, because it was it was a done deal, really. Um, I was just like, yeah, this is this is like the finished piece um, of the puzzle going into next season. And what got me really excited is knowing that um, our defence is sorted now. Um, our midfield is sorted. I, I really believe Pai is going to stay. Um, even our front line is sorted. And we're going to see pure um, Arteta ball this season. And that's what got me most excited is I remember last pre-season when we did our business early, and um, we got in, you know, um, Zinchenko and, and Jesus. And I've got a feeling um, it's going to be even a better season. It's, it's the, the progression that we've made over the last two, we're going to make that step further. And Rice is the one. Um, I mean, I, I watched a fair bit of West Ham because uh, my mate's a West Ham fan and my best West Ham fan. Um, and I've always admired Rice, but I, I, I kind of... Never really got into in depth about him, but this particular season, for him to drive a team, um, and this is no disrespect to West Ham, but where they were and how they were struggling, for him to be shining and striving and be the engine room in that team, I just thought, what on earth is he going to do with us? You know, what I mean, he's gonna he's gonna make us so he's gonna make other teams fear us even more than they have already. Um, and I really believe the, the big boys out there, the, the Man Cities, the Liverpools, the Man Uniteds and such, they are quaking in their boots now that we've got this over the line. From, from they knew that they, this, was, this was happening, I genuinely think that they are scared of us. Do you think, though, that, like, do you think, though the, the, the pressure that comes with this now? Because, like, I know people are doing it to, to kind of troll us, and I know that people seem to love to hate us and all the rest of it. But what you're going to get now from rival fans is Arsenal must win the league because they've spent £200 million um, or whatever. Like we're, we're going to get a lot of that now, aren't we? And and how are we going to manage the expectation levels? Like it, It's going to be difficult, isn't it? Because for a number of years, everybody's looked at us and gone, well, you know, if they finish in the top four, it's a good season. And now all of a sudden, having spent this money, there is a greater expectation around Arsenal. I, I don't care. I love it. I, I, I'd much prefer this over anything else because 
as I said, it means they're scared of us. It means that they're, they're trying to, to rattle us because they're saying that. I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. If we progressively do what we need to do, the only reason they're saying it is because they're scared. The only reason they're doing it is to setting up the banter just in case we don't win something this year. And that is the only reason they're saying it. And that you, you know as a rival fan, the only time you start bantering the club is when you're scared. I mean, for example, um, Chelsea and, 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 and them down the road. Last season, it's just like, there's no expectation, so we can just laugh at them. But when there's expectation, they're trying to put pressure on us. But I don't think there's any pressure on us. I don't think there was any pressure on us last season because nobody expected us to do anything. Um, and in this season, it's going to be the same thing. They, they're just putting it out there to... Um, to it's, it's for their own game because there is no pressure on us. We're just going to go about... And, and from that all or nothing thing, thing uh, you see that Edu, Arteta and Josh, they, they've got their plan. They know what they're doing. They, they're, they're highly skilled, um, uh, been around the block. They, they, they've got their five-year plan and wherever it is. So there's, there's no pressure on them. You know what I mean? Yep. We're just going to progress. I love it. I love it when I hear that kind of stuff. I love it when I hear that, um, that, that some uh, fans are scared of us and, oh, you've got to win something this time. You've got to win the Champions League. You've got to win the Premier League or whatever. Against this, the, the behemoth that is, is Man City, we're never going to be favourites. So you can't, you can't bottle anything. You can't underachieve. You can't do X, Y, and Z if they win the title. If somebody else wins the title and we had a, we had a good chance of doing it, then yeah, okay, you can say that. But I, I absolutely love that I'm hearing those noises. Yep, me too. Me too. Look, uh, Wilf, have you got time, mate? You want to stick around? Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Yep. Cool. You, Harry, all the time in the world. Let's bring, uh, let's bring a caller in uh, as well. Uh, Diallo uh, is joining us. How's it going, mate? Hold on, let me fix the screen. Here we go. There we go. How you doing, my friend? Where are you joining us from, first of all? Oh, man. I'm, I'm calling from Boston, uh, from the US. Nice, nice. What, what time is it in the US right now? It's earlier, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, 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 yeah. It's, nine, it's, it's not too early for me, but yeah, it's 9.20, almost 9.25. Nice, nice. What, yeah. what do you want to say on the Declan Rice signing, mate? It's a, it's a pleasure to have you. Oh, man. Like, I woke up so early because I knew the announcement was going to be today. Well, from all the reports we saw yesterday, so... You know, I knew that by the time I wake up, probably it will be announced. So I woke up so early. I usually wake up early anyway, but I woke up at like 5 a.m. just, to, you know, <laughs> to catch this 7 a.m. thing. Uh, anyway, like I'm so I'm so happy um, on so many levels. I don't think I've been excited. I'm usually not that into like transfers and this kind of stuff because for me, it, there's just way too much emphasis placed on it and not so much on the actual football during the season. The, the loudest people during the transfer windows you know, they you don't tend to see them talk about football when the real football starts. So I'm, I don't get too hyped into it. But for this particular signing, Harry, I don't know. There's just something about, you know, when they say a transformational signing, this is one of those transformational signings for a football club. Mm -hmm. And I know Arsenal are a massive club. We've had big, big players. But where we've been in the past 10 years, we haven't been able to be in these kind of conversations, you know. So, and I, but by the way, before I even continue, I just wanted to say you've been, 
so good over you know I'm, i always watch your stuff not just on your channel but on other on other people's channels as well i think you've spoke so well on this whole transfer season so far for us now not just on Declan rise one or because i think people have misunderstood and and to your words are kind of under undermining and disrespecting arsenal football club in a way and i think the signing of Declan rice would hopefully wake people up and shake people's head that this is a massive football club we are not just like this, you know, like a childish. To, we've been underachieving for the last decade, I would say, but that doesn't mean Arsenal is. We are still one of the biggest clubs in the world, and you will see it when they come to the US next, you know, uh, next week. You will see. We will turn up. I will be in DC. Uh, I'll also be in New York. I don't have the tickets for New York, but I'll be. I'll be. I'll be. I'll be there. You will see. It's a massive club, and um, so yeah. But this signing kind of kind of emphasizes that and wakes people up and show people that you know. We we are a massive club. Could Declan Rice could have gone anywhere, you know. He's that big. He's that good. He could have. He had the choice to go anywhere. I'm pretty sure any football club in the world right now, if they had the opportunity to sign Rice, they will. So the fact that he only wanted to come to us, and he really, he, I mean, the way he spoke about Ateta, gives me goosebumps because that tells you he is fully bought into the project. And um, there is nothing bigger than that kind of feel that comes within. He's a great talent, but more than anything, Harry, is the mentality. There is no player outside of Arsenal, there is no player in the league last season that if you ask me to go to war with, that he's, he's that guy, you know? There's like a few other players, you could say Haaland and I don't know. But for me, the way Declan Rice portrays himself, the way he, he controls games, the personality, you know, the authority that he brings on the football pitch, and off the pitch, that's the kind of personalities you want at your club. And yeah, we have other personalities too, but he just adds to that depth of personalities and authority. We lost one in Shaka, but I think we've got an even bigger one in 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 Declan. Uh, Wilf, did you did you have you seen the interview, the first part of the interview that he's done yet? Oh, we've lost Wilf. He's he's popped off. Um, Diallo, I, I know that you've seen it um, because you just referenced it. But for me, that was probably the best welcome interview I've ever seen from a player maybe joining any club and I know I'll be biased here because obviously um, I'm going to be pro Arsenal ahead of everybody else and all the rest of it but the way he spoke the way he sort of broke down the reasons why he wanted to join the club the way he spoke about some of the players that we currently have at the football club and his relationship with them just kind of reinforced the fact that he really feels like he's going to a place where he's going to be great on the pitch, but off of it as well. And um, there's been loads of talk around this transfer with regards to Declan Rice being a family man and Declan Rice being someone that wants to stay in London and stay in an environment that he's familiar with. Having all those players in our squad already and, and the relationship that he has with those players has, I think, played a big, big part here. And so you don't just credit Mikel Arteta here. you got to credit um, the, the players that have clearly spoken to him. You've got to credit the coaching staff. You've got to credit Edu. And it's basically yet another sign of, of the fact that we are very much building a family at Arsenal. And and that clearly, as I say, with Declan Rice, has played a big part in convincing him that above anywhere else, this is the place to be for him to kick on to the next level of his career. Oh, absolutely. He said that. I mean, he even went on. The way he spoke about Arsenal, it's as if he's been at the club for like, you know, since Atoto has been there for the last four years. That just tells you the level of a detail that he puts into, you know, that he put into this transfer. He clearly thought about it deeply. And it wasn't just about, I mean, I'm sure he's on a very good contract, as he should. He's one of the best players, in, you know, in his position in the world. But 
but he clearly has thought about this. You know, this is not just about like um, just staying in London, you know, it, this is far deeper than that. And uh, yeah, the way he, he said about how players have spoken to him about Arsenal, you know, the likes of Saka and uh, Ben White even, um, you know, he, he you know, the way he spoke about um, the, 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 the players that Ateta has improved over the years. And you know, Harry, one of the, I, I can't, I, I don't have my laptop open right now, but one of the things he mentioned is that he said Ateta is the big, is a, is, is a big factor or one of the biggest factors why he joined the club. And more importantly, he said, and he thinks he can get the best out of him. And then he went on to say that he is happy to spend the better part of his, his best years at this great club, you know? So he's entrusting his best years as a professional footballer, to Ateta. Why? Because he believes in what Ateta is doing. And he also said that as well. I think, um, like I said, a player joining with that much hunger, with that much determination, you know, we already seen it for West Ham. This guy yeah. was basically like, you know, like lifting the whole team on his on his shoulders, you know, with uh, with with other with other players on in you know, in the team doing very very little. Now he's at a team where he can actually he can actually where he's playing with even better players. Um, and, and, you know, and I think his game will go up higher because Ateta knows him very well and he knows how, what Ateta, you know, would like him to do. I think there is a big connection there, huge connection. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Diallo, I'm going to let you go, mate, just so I can bring some other callers in, but thank you uh, so, so much for jumping on. I really, really appreciate it. And, um, Wish you all the best. You made some unbelievable points and that. Thank you for supporting the podcast, man. No problem, man. No problem. Thanks, man. Take care. Catch you soon, pal. Cheers. That was the brilliant Diallo joining us from uh, Boston. I'm going to bring in, uh, going to bring back Wilf, who disappeared there. I think his connection. Sorry about that. I had a little bit of an uh, internet connection. All good, mate. All all good. Um, Let me just quickly uh, bring up those comments that uh, Diallo was referring to there before uh, we bring in a couple more callers as well, because I think this is really, really important. And when people out there, still talk skeptically about Mikel Arteta. This is the kind of thing that they need basically thrown in their face. Um, you know, I, I went on to talk sport last night and um, I spoke to Rory Jennings and Andy Oladipo and Rory Jennings had said earlier in the week that Unai Emery is a much better manager than Mikel Arteta. And, and I had to go back on that comment, not because I don't think Unai Emery is a good manager or because I'm dismissing what he's achieved in the past with previous clubs, but simply because Right now, at this moment in time, there is no doubt about the fact that Mikel Arteta is better for Arsenal than Unai Emery ever could be, and and that oh, and there are so many reasons why. And and this is this sums it up for me. This is what Declan Rice said. He said, uh, "I'm so excited." He speaks for himself. You see how he works. You got a real insight into how he works on the Amazon documentary. How he works with his players, and not only as a coach, but psychologically how good he is with the players, how he improves players. He's a massive factor in the reason why I've come here. I know he's going to get the best out of me. I know I've got more levels to go up in my game. And I feel like he's the manager to take me to those next levels. I'm really excited to be working with him. I mean, that that just sums it all up, doesn't it? That literally just sums it up as to how important Mikel Arteta is. I mean, Will take this one and I'll bring uh, the other guys in as well. I mean, I... With all the things that people have been saying about him, yeah, players that have played with him, uh, he's coached before. Arguably, he's got to be the hottest property managerially in the world right now. Young, young manager. 
I, I, I defy anyone to um, name someone who's a hotter property than him. If you see what he's done in three years with the mess that we were, and he's got us to this stage where 105, uh, well, 100 million plus 5 million add-ons kind of player. If, if you think about football, he's one of the best midfielders in the world right now. Has picked everyone, has, has picked us over everyone. That is testament to Arteta and his hierarchy and everything that he's done. Um, he's, he's got players like Saliba signing another, happy as Larry to sign a new contract, uh, Saka, all these kind of, I mean, the, the price on, on Odegaard, uh, Saka, Martinelli, Saliba, you're talking about 500 million then. I'm, I'm sorry, you, you're close to 500 million. And he's got our squad, our squad's done. value now is yeah. crazy in comparison. I know people oh, keep talking about the spend. But if you look at the yeah. way we've increased the value of Saka, of Martinelli, of Odegaard, of Saliba, of Gabriel, even even, even Ben White, Ramsdale, even Jacka, even Jacka. Even Jacka. it's all gone crazy. It's gone crazy. Um, let me bring uh, some of the guys in that are waiting patiently in the background as well. Yeah, Let's bring in uh, Faddy. Uh, where are you joining us from, mate? Hey, everyone. I'm joining from Raleigh, North Carolina in the US. Brilliant. Good to see you, mate. Um Let's get your reaction uh, to Declan Rice signing. Uh, just give me one second because I'm going to bring Mike in, uh, who's joining us from Perth as well. Mike, good to see you, mate. Um, I like that. Sorry. I don't need to ask you where, where you're joining us from. It, it's clear. I thought it would be Let's get Faddy's view uh, on the announcement and, and all the rest of it first up, and then we'll come to you, Mike. Go on, Faddy. The floor is yours. Yeah, I mean... Simple as statement signing, and everybody's been saying that it's cliche, but it's it's really it's really that. And you know, I like the hype, and I enjoy the hype, but I just want to see Declan Rice on the football pitch. So I think that's what's so exciting because we saw how Partey operated in that midfield and how valuable he was. And I think Declan Rice is the next level to that because. He offers more going forward. You know, I think Partey, when it comes to defensively, is very solid. But offensively, at times, he was lacking. I mean, uh, the one thing that comes to mind is against Southampton in the last minute. Decides to shoot from outside the box instead of making a better decision. I feel like in situations like that, Declan Rice offers you more, especially when you're going for the game, trying to win it at the last minute. So, that's what excites me about Declan Rice. But just the overall project coming together, I just came across a video from Rory Jennings and just kind of talking about the spine, Saliba, Declan Rice, and then what we have up front. I mean, the last missing piece, I feel like, is that number nine. But I don't think it's the right time yet because of what the type of football that we're going to play soon, I think we want to keep that fluidity still. So that's kind of how I feel, uh, long story short. It's, it's very exciting, honestly, to see where Arsenal were when Arteta took over. Just everything all over the place. And then now it's all – you can see the vision. You can see what's happening. And even the players are buying into it. So very exciting. It is indeed. Uh, Mike, let's get your uh, immediate reaction as well uh, to the news, which only broke around about an hour and a half ago now. It's uh... – it's a needle mover, big time, or, or, or on a number of fronts. You've already referenced, um, already referenced what it says about Arsenal's intent, uh, but also, of course, it's a it's a it's a needle mover on the pitch. 
Uh, and it's a needle mover for, for for all those players around him. All of those players that have signed new contracts, which shouldn't go under the radar in any way, shape or form. It's been a fantastic summer, not just for the new guys in, but also for those people who have managed to sign up to another four years plus. And, and, and what's happening is the whole team are moving together so that the needle the needle moves again on that. And of course, all these guys are another year older than they were at the start of last season. How good is that? How high are these? How high is the ceiling of some of these players that we've already got on, on the books? It, it, it could be staggering over the next two to three years. And I can't wait to see what happens. I'm, I'm like Friday. I can't wait to see what happens on a pitch. I think it's going to be uh, a good thing to see. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's, I ask, it's really, really exciting times. Go on, mate. Go for it. Can I ask a question to you guys? Um, I just, just thought this now as, as Fadi was talking. I think, well, do you guys think that uh, Rice will be the game changer in the big games? The, the Liverpool away, the Man City's away, the Man, Man United's away. Um, you know, the, the games that we hiccuped in last season. I let the guys take it. I mean, for me, what what he gives us, and this depends on what we do in terms of who we let go as well. For me, it's really, really important. Like I think that we keep Thomas Partey because to have that ability to be able to go with Partey and Rice, for example, away at somewhere like Old Trafford or Anfield or the Etihad, and to be able to just slightly adjust the balance in in the big games, in the really important games, I think he's a really good weapon to have. And I think it's something that maybe we lacked a bit last season. I think Xhaka gave us that ability to just be that little bit more defensive when we needed to be, because for all the, the faults he had and, and the criticism that he received with regards to his defensive side of the game, I still think he had that defensive awareness in terms of knowing when to drop into holes and cover for other people. Maybe he wasn't mobile enough to always carry that out, but imagine somebody with that awareness and the mobility that Declan Rice has as well. I think all of a sudden you've got a whole new dimension to your attack. I'll bring Mohammed in on this as well, uh, who's been waiting patiently in the background. Uh, Mohammed, how you doing, mate? Good to see you again. Hi, good evening. How are you, my friends? All the guys there. Happy day for all of us. It is indeed. Um, give us uh, your thoughts on where Thomas... Thomas Party, Declan Rice, I should say. Uh, fits into the Arsenal eleven now because I think that's going to be the next debate that we have. Yes, uh, first of all, just one statement. Um, it's uh, really a statement signing. We all been waiting patiently for uh, for this to be officially announced because we, as Arsenal, are a huge club, big club, historical club. So inside of inner feelings of all of us, we really do do want. The, the present and the future to return as big as, as we were uh, in the past years. So I, I think this feeling uh, reflects the signing of uh, Declan Rice. About um, uh, your question, I think he can fit both in number six as uh, one holding midfielder and two eights, for example, Odgaard and Havertz or Odgaard and another player. And also, I think if party stays or I think we lost Mohammed there. Uh, just for a second, have we lost him? Yeah, I think we have. Yeah, he's frozen. Uh, Mohammed, we'll get you back on as soon as your connection 
uh, comes back. Uh, apologies. Uh, this is what happens when you do live shows. Um, uh, is he still there? No, he's still frozen. I can see. Hold on. Mohammed, are you there again? No, we've lost him. We've lost him. Uh, we'll, we'll get him back, I'm sure. Um, all right, let me ask you guys this question then. We'll, we'll go around. I'll start with Mike this time. What would be your midfield three now on the first game of the season? Nottingham Forest at home. You've got Partey, you've got Rice, you've got Havertz, you've got Odegaard. Um, you've got Emil Smith-Rowe as well. What's your midfield three? It's a real tough one, right? Because, because one of my mantras over the last two or three weeks I've been talking to Arsenal friends has been, we need to stop thinking in terms of first 11. Um, we are bigger than a first 11 now. And to say that X is going to replace Y and, and, and A is going to replace C is probably not the way Mikel is thinking about life, the universe and everything. And But if you're going to pin it down and say, what's my, what's my starting 11 for that first game? I would probably, if party is still here, and I probably, I've probably got a slightly different attitude towards party than, than some. But if he was to still be here, I'd still, I'd still start with, I'd still start with Rice, Odegaard, I think, or a shoe in, uh, and then it's the debate as to whether you put party at six and Rice at eight, and or whether you have Kai Havertz there. So I'd, I'd probably, I'd probably do party, Rice, and Odegaard to kick things off on that first minute. If party's still there. We've still got Jorginho as well. Like it's like it's mad, isn't it? Like you, you, just, yeah. you just forget there's so yeah. many. Absolutely. Um, and isn't that fantastic? I mean, we, we we've got, I mean, Jorginho in my eyes had bro, broke or smashed smashed out the park in terms of expectations when we signed it in it signed him in January. I mean, there weren't many people standing up and say, hey, look, how good is it that we brought Jorginho in for a bit of depth, for a bit of experience, for a bit of leadership? And yet some of the games that he was, he, he put that shirt on, you would have thought he would have been an Arsenal player for, for, for years. Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely, Harry. I think that's, that's spot on. I think that if you wrote down our top 18 now, how good does it look? How bloody good does it look? I mean, it really is top draw. Well, compared to where, as Will said, three years ago. We're going to do a pod tomorrow on what Arsenal's best 11 is at the moment. That's the plan. We've been holding this off until uh, we got to um, uh, to the point where the Declan Rice signing had been announced. And I started to write it down. I'm not going to give anything away on this, this episode, but I started to write it down. And then I started to write the nine substitutes that you're allowed in the Premier League currently. And I've left four players that should at least be on the bench out of the squad entirely which is yeah. a, a sign of how much better, bigger, stronger this squad is becoming. Let me try and bring Mohammed uh, back in and we'll ask him this question as well. Uh, Mohammed, your, your connection is a little bit hit and miss, but can you hear us now? He's frozen again. <laughs> He's frozen again. Uh, we'll come back to Mohammed in a bit. He's a regular and I really, really want to allow him to have his say, uh, but it's just not working at the moment. Fadi, um, what's your midfield trio then? I want to be surprised, but from last season, you know, the stability that Arteta wanted and kind of the vision we're seeing now with the Havertz signing, I would say it would be Rice, Havertz, and Odegaard. I think if it was a tougher opposition, not not no disrespect to Nottingham Forest, but I think we're going to be looking to go very attacking and, you know, put on a show in the opening weekend of the Premier League. So I think they would, they'll want to have, you know, five attackers 
the whole time and just blitz them from the start just to give it a good showing. So I think it, it might be similar to how the Wolves game unfolded. Hopefully, you know, just kind of coming out straight away, pressing them and, you know, pinning them down and just scoring loads of goals. Uh, so that's, that's kind of how I see it. And like everybody keep, keeps kind of mentioning the, the squad is getting deeper. I mean, what are the possibilities of, you know, Declan Rice slotting in at center back just to kind of support in times of where we're kind of struggling instead of, you know, at times we were bringing in Rob Holding to have that five in the back. What if Declan Rice can be that player that can support the defense when we're struggling or we're being pinned back in games against Liverpool, Man City? He also gives you that stability and calmness and he can drive the ball out. Because I think that's one of the issues that we had against Liverpool. Whenever we were getting the ball back is just, we were kicking it to the you know other side of the field. We weren't kind of maintaining it. So Declan Rice has that ability, keep the ball, you know, progress with the ball and kind of relieve some pressure. So I think it will definitely benefit us in those games. And one more point, the city game, because our season in a sense was defined by the collapse at Liverpool because that resulted in us, you know, struggling <coughs> and Southampton, but also the game against Man City, which I think one of the things that went wrong is Thomas Partey was on De, De Bruyne. Now, can we imagine Declan Rice uh, man-marking De Bruyne? I think that would that would be potentially a different outcome. It would be more challenging for Declan Rice. Now, I think that uh, Partey was carrying an injury because he just seemed very – like he was always – giving him five yards of space. And it was, that's not Thomas Partey. He's very good defensively. So I think Declan Rice makes that situation more difficult. There's less space for somebody like De Bruyne, who's, you don't want to give him, I mean, even in tight spaces, he's going to be challenging to deal with, but with that kind of space is even more difficult. So I think that definitely brings us that much closer against the treble winners. I mean, we got to give them their respect. Yeah. Uh, so it, it definitely brings us closer. It does indeed. Uh, Wilf, before I come to you, I'm going to try bring Mohammed in one more time uh, because he's yeah, been sure, trying sure, desperately sure. to get back on. Uh, Mohammed, just quickly, my friend, um, I'm going to give you just one question because the connection is just not strong enough. Um, your midfield three, now that we have all of these options, Jorginho, Partey, Rice, uh, Odegaard, Havertz, who's your midfield three for the first game of the season? Uh, we've lost him. We've lost him. We've lost him. I tried. Uh, I tried. Um, Wilf, let's have your midfield three, mate. Um, who who are you going? Um, that's a tough one because I, I mean, both uh, Freddie might make great points, but um, it really depends on the on on the how preseason goes, the fitness levels, the um, the game state that Arteta uh, is going to look at. Because Forest are no pushovers. I mean, we, you know, they took points off us last season. And um, I think if everything's, everyone's fit and everything's going, I think uh, Mike's right that we will go hard on them. I can see us playing Partey, Odegaard and Rice um, and giving Habits a little bit more time to bed in um, to get used to it. Um, that's that. I mean, that's what I would go for. But I mean, Arteta, the only one is more predictable, unpredictable than than Arteta is Pep, um, in my opinion. 
Um, so, but I think going into that game, our, our strongest midfield, if we were going to go for their throats, would be um, Partey, uh, Rice in, in the eighth, um, and Odegaard. Um, and then if the game is dead and buried, then you might see Jorginho and, and, and Havertz come on. I don't think he's going to put that pressure on Havertz straight away for the first game, mm. given... Because he, he needs and, to he needs to learn the role as well, doesn't he? Because he's not really yes. played as an eight. He's played as a ten. Exactly. He hasn't really yeah. played as an eight. So he's going to need time to adapt, not just to the new surroundings and the way Arsenal play, but a new role yeah. for him as well as an individual. Uh, yeah. I'm going to bring Alex in as well in just a second. Um, but I also just wanted to make this point on this whole midfield thing, because I think we saw signs at the back end of last season that, Mikel Arteta is starting to think differently about the balance of his team. So remember the last couple of games, we started playing with centre-backs at full-back. We started playing with midfielders at full-back. I think for me, Mikel Arteta may well look to play with those the two more advanced midfielders and try to balance that out by shape-shifting a little bit defensively. And I think that is what you might see this season. So I think he has got it in his mind that Havertz can play as an eight along with Odegaard. I think he has got it in his mind that even Trossard could play in that position because we saw that as well at the back end of last season on a number of occasions. Trossard coming off the bench and playing in the left eight role. I think he'll want to get Fabio Vieira more involved because he paid a lot of money for him. And I don't think he's ready to give up on him just yet. So I think we are going to see Arteta try and address the, the lack of balance that we maybe fear that we'd have in midfield with the two eights by maybe changing something defensively. And uh, and I guess we're going to have to wait and see on that. Uh, let me just bring Alex in because he's been waiting patiently. Um, Mohammed is back waiting, but uh, Mohammed, your connection keeps dropping, my friend, every time. Um, we'll, we'll see if we can get you on one more time, but let's bring in Alex. Alex, how's it going? Where are you joining us from? Hey, Harry. I'm joining you from Atlanta, Georgia. Nice one. Nice one. What's the weather Love like the in Atlanta, weather. Georgia? Oh, it's unbearably hot. Just terrible. <laughs> it's better than the cold, man. It's better than the cold. Um, That's true. Talk to us. How are you feeling about the Declan Rice announcement? Yeah, man. If you had told me three years ago, four years ago, that we'd be sitting here having a summer like this, I, I, I would have told you you're crazy. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Couldn't be happier as an Arsenal fan right now. And yeah, it's it's fantastic news. Great day. Where where do you see Declan Rice fitting into the picture then? We've just been having a debate about the balance of the midfield and, and you know who he replaces or or how Mikel Arteta looks to address uh, the sort of slight change in personnel. Where do you see him fitting in and, and what do you expect him uh, to sort of bring to the team? Yeah, I think Mike made a great point about... Uh not thinking about our team in, in terms of just a starting 11. I think we can have a very fluid lineup. I think uh, Declan Rice brings so much versatility to that midfield. And I think we have an opportunity to disrupt what teams expect from us. I think towards the end of last season, teams were starting to figure out kind of our play style and they could predict kind of how we were going to set up against each team. But now with the depth we have in midfield, like everybody's been saying, we can we can switch players around. We can we can switch lineups up. We can disrupt what what other people are expecting from us. So I think I see him playing as an eight or a six. I think my lineup kind of would be Party and Rice in there just to have more 
solid defensive shape. But I could I see him six or an eight, yeah. Here's a question for everyone and a question for the chat as well. Um we're talking a lot about sort of um you know this idea of of having a, a squad and it not just being an eleven. Is there an argument that part of our relative success was last season was down to the fact that we had a settled team? And does anyone worry or fear that the fact that we will probably have a bit more of a fluid 11, there'll be a lot more rotation. Does anybody worry that that could be a bit of a problem or an issue? It, it, it's a, it's a no-win situation for Arteta, isn't it really, Ari? Because he got criticised ad infinitum last season for not being proactive enough in rotating in when he did substitutions in in when he didn't do substitutions so um i have trust that arteta will create the synergy in a slightly bigger group than than the synergy that was created last year with the group that he had um i, I hear the point of, of 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 potentially bringing in i mean like forest did last year they brought in 21 players or whatever it was i can see the problem in that in that situation but the core group, I mean, even if we have, let's let's say that sort of 17 or 18 players who are regularly going to feature during the course of the season. I mean, we've actually only got three new ones at mm. this stage. So it's not, we're not talking wholesale changes and maybe some of them will like a rest from time to time as well. Maybe they'll appreciate that. And you'd want them to have a little bit of white line fever anyway. You'd want them to, to say, right, okay, I, I, I've been sort of rested for a couple of games. Um, and look what happened to Martinelli when he was when he was sort of taken out for two or three games last season. Last season, They came on and scored five and five. Uh, that's the sort of thing that we wanted in terms of response from the other, but from the team as a whole. So at this stage, I'm, I'm not concerned, but I'd rather have this situation than the situation we found ourselves in at the yep. back end of last year when we lost Tomiyasu, we lost... Saliba, we had to bring in someone, and bless him, uh, in, in Rob Holden, who, who wasn't bad defensively, but he didn't offer the progression that, that Saliba or, or White could have in that position. Um, but So I'd rather have this problem than the problem we had at the end of last year. And, and to be honest, the end of the previous season as well. So that, that's where I'm at with it all. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I'm looking at it through the lens of, and again, I'm not saying this is going to be the case. I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here a little bit for the purpose of the debate but there is a part of me that thinks it's not so much about having new players it's more about the rhythm so yeah. you know the, the team got into a really good rhythm last season and for large periods of the season we were able to keep the same 11 and that sure. breeds continuity and consistency and all of those things and I just wonder if Mikel Arteta slightly adapts his approach and says well you know we've got a game on Sunday Saturday, we're going to play this 11 and then we're going to make four changes going into the Champions League game midweek and then another four changes at the weekend and then four changes again and, and he keeps chopping and changing it. I just wonder if that... It's it's something that you have to be able to deal with as a big club and something that you have to be able to cope with if you want to compete on multiple fronts. But it's not something that we're used to just yet. And I wonder if we're going to need a bit of time to get used to that as well. I think um, well, the term that keeps coming up um, is versatility. And I think that's what defines a lot of these signings. So it's the ability to kind of cover multiple positions. So in a sense, 
we also what benefited us which is which was the stability also was part of our undoing because teams started learning how to play against us you know kind of doubling up on Saka uh, when we had Eddie it was just kind of limiting you know spaces so I think it'll serve us better and I think we'll get if we can get further into like the League Cup competitions the FA Cup I think that's just going to get everybody more playing time. That's one of the reasons why when we were knocked out of the Europa League, it was just very disappointing because, okay, we were out of a competition that we were aiming to win. But it's also those players that were not getting as much playing time. That's not That was it, like Tierney. I think he was doing really good in the Europa League games and he was kind of pushing Zinchenko. Or just people were saying, put Tierney in, put Tierney in. Emil Smith-Rowe, that maybe he would have gotten a goal, got some confidence back, you know, that would, would have potentially helped us later on this season. So I think having those games, getting that whole squad of 18 players engaged and supporting and, you know, playing a role in the team gives you that stability. Um, and, you know, the one thought just came to mind because, you know, we've seen Arteta change the formation and started to change the topic, but what are your thoughts on like formation changes? Do you think we're going to play in the same formation or like maybe potentially changing formation where we play three at the back? Because we do have three solid center backs in White, Saliba and Gabriel. So like a 3-4-3 three, three, where you have Zinchenko tucking in with uh, Rice or you have Zinchenko on the left, Rice, Odegaard, Timber. What are your thoughts on formation changes? Or do you see it being similar to how this season was and just – players inverting from the right or the left? For me, I think the base formation will be the same in that on paper, it will still be a 4-3-3. But I, I don't think that we always played with a back four last season. I think we often played with a back three. You saw Zinchenko go into midfield. You'd see Xhaka push up. You'd see Martinelli maintain the width on the left-hand side. On the right-hand side, we played a little bit differently. Um, and, and I don't think you can do the inverted thing on both sides at the same time. I think there needs to be that balance maintained. I think that, yeah, I think that in game, a lot of the time we were playing with a back three anyway. So I don't expect anything dramatically to change uh, on that front. But to be able to have that ad adaptability is obviously a, a big deal and really, really important. Um, just quickly, Mohammed, I'm trying to bring you back in, mate, but your connection is really, really low. And it's not, um, it's not, work I can see you freezing down at the bottom. So I apologise, mate. Uh, but we'll get you on next time, I promise, for a long time. Uh, it's just that the connection is completely off. Uh, I can see it in the bottom. Um, so apologies for that, mate. Um, Wilf, you were going to say Harry, something. Yeah, going back to your question, I don't. I think you, you answered it slightly earlier on when you said um, that when everybody's bedded into the system, don't, I think it would be a seamless, when you take one player out, it would be seamless um, joining of another player a different ability, a different style. Um, so I don't think that's going to be a problem. I um, I disagree with the whole um, inverted thing on the balance side, because if with Timber, if, for example, if we had Timber and Tinchenko on either side, then you're not going to invert at the same time. So that gives you the, um, the opportunity to change your game state. And if, for example, Forest, they figure out how to nullify Zinchenko inverting on the left-hand side, then all we do is Zinchenko stays in, in his left-back position and Timber starts to invert. And that, that will 
uh, off balance the the opposition because um, they can they they can only have contingencies for one or two, and it would it, changing our game state would make them make too many changes. I think it I think Arteta will go with that and and use a right side and left side that can invert, but only one at a time in a game. Is that is that something I, I know that a lot of the guys are agreed. And again, I'm playing devil's advocate here and, and I'll throw this out to the, the rest of the panel as well. Is that overcomplicating things? Because what happens if... Because what one of the things that I think Arteta has done really, really well at Arsenal is made them better at coping with transitions. So when you think back to the Emery days, the Wenger days, we'd often push both our fullbacks up the pitch. We get caught on the ball. Whoever was playing in defensive midfield, at the time it was Granit Xhaka, Arteta's been there himself. He's been in that position too. They would end up being exposed and overrun because they would have to then deal with the entire width of the pitch because there was no fullback back to help them. And your centre-backs don't want to get dragged out into those areas. So if we had both sides inverting, it would only take one bit of miscommunication. Timber thinks he should invert, but Zinchenko's already done it or thought that at the same time. And all of a sudden, you're leaving your centre-halves in a position where they have to split to cover the width of the pitch. And all of a sudden, you're in a bit of trouble. Is that not, and again, I'm playing devil's advocate here, so I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. Is that not potentially exposing your side to greater risk on the transition because it only takes a bit of miscommunication to put you in a position where you're in shit street? Whereas when you've only got one inverted player, then... Your other three center, your other three defenders are all in close unison, and three are much more able to cope with the width of the pitch than two. Um, can I give a short one? In a, in a, in a short answer, no, and I'll tell you why. Um, uh, two things: Arteta is very intelligent, and he's got his, he's had his system up and running for at least two seasons. As well as gifted players, we put in very intelligent players who will read the game well. You, you think of Odegaard, you think of Partey, you think of Gabriel and Saliba. They read the game very well. So having players like Timber and Zinchenko, who is another great reader of the game, um, I don't think that's a problem because he's, he's got leaders on the pitch that are intelligent enough to see it. And if they do make that mistake, the odds chance that they do, you've got Saliba and Gabriel there who are quick enough, aware enough, strong enough to deal with in-game states to um, allow players to get back and, and, and adjust accordingly. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think it will be a problem. Okay. The rest of the guys? Alex, yeah, I agree. I, I agree with what, what Will said. I think Arteta has made a point in signing players that have that intelligence in, of reading the game. And I think... He'll do just. He'll introduce this slowly. If he decides to do this, it's not going to be something where I think he's just going to right out the gate try to force the players into doing this. He's going to introduce this kind of over the the course of the first couple of games and see how it works out. But I think yeah, we have two very, which I think people don't realize, quick center backs who can cover a lot of ground quickly, and that's where the versatility in midfield comes in again. If we play Partey and Rice, if we have two players overlapping on either side, then Partey might be able to drop down a little bit and help out the center backs and cover that center lane. 
uh, so that way Gabrielle and Saliba can spread out a little bit more across the pitch when tracking back. Mike, you were going to say something on that. Yeah, I'm. I'm wondering. I'm wondering whether we. I can't see the situation because of the the scenario that you that you referenced there, where we invert on on both flanks at the same time. Um, so I think it's from the right or from the left, depending on. Uh, possibly, probably depending on the opposition in terms of where where they are, where their strengths or weaknesses are, that. Um, Maybe we do have uh, maybe we do have one half or one game inverting with with Timber on, on one side and the the other half or the other game inverting with Zinni and I, I think it's um, uh, yeah I, I think that'll depend on the opposition if we've got a um, if we've got a team that are strong on the left it'll be we invert from the right and vice versa uh, and be that strong on the left or right defensively or offensively so I think. I think this depth gives us the flexibility to do that uh, in terms of matching more um, rather than just relying on, on, on 11 or 12 good players for every team in, in, in every game. We've now got the depth to say, right, OK, what's the best way of, uh, uh, of taking on this opposition? So, for example, I think you've already referenced the potential for, for party if he stays in Rice. As a, as a double pivot at the back against the Man City's away, against the Liverpool's away. But we wouldn't want to do that against Forest at home. Um, so I, I think that's what this depth gives us. And uh, So invert from right or left, not or, unless you get Rice dropping into a back three if, if you've got two inverting at the same time. Yeah. I guess with a solution to that. Yeah. But I hate you, you from turn. I just I worry that if you try to keep changing it in it within a game, like so, if you keep mm. saying, "Oh yeah, you go in the first half," or "You go for twenty minutes," and and now I'm going to change it to you going yeah. on the other side, I just worry that that there can be confusion there. And one of the things I think that Arteta has made us better at, I think at the end of last season we conceded way too many goals um, for my liking. A lot of them came from set pieces. That was a problem. And when you consider how good we were at defending them at the start of the season. That was a problem that I couldn't quite put my finger on in terms mm. of why it was happening. But on the transition, we are much, much better. And that's been because even though we've played with this inverted fullback, which theoretically leaves you with one less defender when you, the ball's turned over, we've covered the right spaces. And I just worry that it only takes... If, you're, if you've got two fullbacks that have that in mind, it only takes one misstep from one of them to put you in a position where you can no longer cover the ground that you need to. And and we know in this league against the very best opposition, you only need to make one mistake and you'll be punished. So um, that's just my, um, my my sort of thinking on that. Again, we're going to have to see how it plays out. And, and I'm sure Mikel Arteta knows way more than I do about this. But um, yeah, just something that came to my mind. Mistakes will happen, I think. And mistakes will happen. But I think the unpredictability as well, where it's not, hey, you invert. Like Zinchenko, you invert in the first half, or um, Timber, you invert in the second half. It's having that unpredictability where it's like at any point in the half, you don't know where the attack is coming from. You don't know where the gaps are going to be at. So it's that unpredictability in game is crucial because, you know, with the low block, teams are going to try to like negate all the attacks, but it's like you don't know where the attack is going to come from. And then you add in Rice to that picture 
where he's driving in from deep as well. So it's just a lot of variation that's going to be critical in games where, you know, let's say Jesus doesn't have his shooting boots on or Saka is struggling, where we can drive the game from midfield. And at times last year, we struggled with that. And now you add in Trossard. I like, I mean, I like how Kivior is looking. I think if uh, Tierney is leaving, Kivior is going to be the backup to Zinchenko and could potentially, you know, usurp him or become the starting um, left back. Maybe that's a long stretch, but I think there's a reason for these signings. We keep saying there's a plan in place. There's a plan for Kivior and there's, I mean, the last four signings, well, the last five, I mean, if we take out Jorginho, Kivior, who, who's tall, Havertz, Rice. I mean, that's if those players are starting alongside, let's say Ben White starts as well, that back line is, I think they're all six foot tall. Rice is six foot tall. Havertz is over six foot tall. So it's like maybe that's one area where we want to also focus on is the height. Yep. I, I do think we were physically yeah. overrun at the at the end yeah. of last season at times. Um, and I don't know if that was down to fatigue um, or if it was down to just not having the right profile of player all the time. And, you know, I, I remember sort of driving up to the Etihad for that game where we were absolutely battered. And we were, you know, there's no other way of, of describing that game. And I remember just looking at how physical they were as well as incredibly technical in every single department. I mean, I also remember being at a game I was covering for the radio, Crystal Palace, Man City at Selhurst Park uh, last season, the game that City went on to win 1-0. And I remember sort of standing in the tunnel after the game, waiting for Patrick Vieira at the time uh, to come out and, and speak for the radio show. And and literally a couple of the Man City players, Rodri, Erling Haaland, jogged past me. And anyone who's been to Crystal Palace will know how tight that tunnel is. And I remember just looking up in awe at how big these guys were and how physical and powerful they were. And so Man City are not just a great side in terms of their technique. They are real athletes as well. And I think that maybe that's something that we were looking to address with the signing of Declan Rice too. Um, guys, I mean, I'm going to go for it. Go for it, Alex. Sorry, just just going back real oh, quick yeah. to what you were saying about uh, possible confusion like mm. with the with the fullbacks and things. One thing that I've been really impressed with over the last two seasons with this Arsenal team is I you can actually see on pitch communication happening. And it's not just coming from Odegaard, it's coming from Zinchenko and Gabriel and, and Martinelli up top. They're all communicating with each other. They're all being vocal on the pitch. They're all communicating really well with each other. So I think having this type of fluid system, I trust these players to get this type of message across if they want to switch in the middle of the game. I, I trust them now more than ever to, to be able to get that message across to themselves and minimize any confusion. Yeah, it's a great point. It's can a I great point. Quickly, just going to quickly, on something Fidel said that made me made me think, um, I, I totally agree with him. Um, with, the, uh, with being able to invert, um, not first half, second half, just in-game, what that also does is it negates um, opposition being able to double up and triple up on Martinelli and Saka. Because if, they, if they've got people that can invert from either side, they can't spare two and three players all the time. It's going to run the legs out. It's going to run the legs out of opposition. So without having that option to invert from either side whenever you want. Yeah, 
indeed um guys i am going to wrap up the show um thank you uh so much to will faddy alex mike diallo everybody that joined us Mohammed as well uh for joining us on the show um a final word each i guess uh before we dive over to the chat box and then say uh, our goodbyes at wilf go on let's let's have an inspirational line on declan rice um he's gonna bring us a title he's gonna bring us a title and drive us deep into the into the champions league i've said it here i wanted to get that out into the ether um i i think we're winning the title this year and going deep in the champions league possibly a couple love it faddy let's come to you uh, first of all, I want to thank you for having me. Thank you, guys. Uh, it's been a great discussion. I just can't wait to hear the Champions League anthem and just seeing, you know, the Emirates. I think that's going to bring a tear to my You know, I'm going to be crying. I'm, you know, full warning. So I'm very excited for that. You know, I'm not going to go into the season with any expectations because that City game really took a lot out of me. So and then I'm just getting it back now with the race signing. So. I just want to, this is going to be an enjoyable season. I just got my niece and the new Arsenal kit. She was just recently born. So I'm just, I'm just very Good excited man. and, you know, excited to make new friends and meet new Gunners uh, this year. Brilliant stuff. Alex, let's come to you. Yeah. Uh, the new era at Arsenal is in full swing and uh, yeah, super excited to just be back in the Champions League. I will be glued to every game this season giving my full support just up the gunners let's do this indeed uh, mike you've had the most time to think about it so i'm expecting like a blockbuster look first of all harry i've got to say mate that, that the the effort and energy you put into these uh this channel is is sensational so so props to you mate um it's a pleasure to be part of, of, of what a great community so thank you for, to you for first and foremost um, secondly, in, in terms of in terms of us as a team, we're back at the big table. We're where, sh where we should be, where we wanted to be, uh, and that's all we've ever wanted as fans. That's all we've ever wanted, and we're here. We're, we've, we've arrived again, and, and can't wait to see the the season kick off and and what we can achieve. Me too. Me too. Uh, guys, thank you uh, so so much for joining me. Uh, I'm going to go through the live chat for a few more minutes. Uh, and then uh, going to sign off as well. But thank you uh, to Wilf, uh, to Faddy, to Mike and to Alex as well uh, for joining me, as well as uh, Mohammed who joined us. And of course, Diallo. We will do a phone in show uh, again uh, in the not too distant future. Uh, so thank you, guys. A few super chats to address. Uh, first of all, a big welcome to Nicola, uh, who signed up to the channel. Thank you so much. Diallo uh, said, thanks for bringing me on, Harry. We are back. Come on, you gunners. Love it. Uh, and a big, big thank you to Pete as well for his very, very kind donation to the channel. He says, now we have our main targets. Do you think we see outgoings? I think we do. I think this is the time now where you're going to see Arsenal try and move a few players on. And as I've discussed before, I do think we'll move into a third phase of the window where we'd have probably been or we probably will be satisfied with our business, but would maybe look and think. If an opportunity comes along, perhaps we'll act. Or if a departure allows us to move for someone else, then we'll act at that point. He also says, if so, which players? Um, well, Jacques has already gone. I think one of Balogun and Enketia could go. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw one of them depart. Maybe Thomas Partey, although I don't want that to happen. Uh, obviously, for footballing reasons. 
Um, and possibly, I know it's got a bit quiet lately, but possibly Kieran Tierney as well. Uh, he says, great pod, Harry. Have a beer on me for your next barbecue. Thank you. Uh, so, so much. Thank you all for tuning in. I know there wasn't much notice before this stream began or anything like that, but I figured we needed to bring some instant reaction uh, to the news that Declan Rice is officially an Arsenal player. People can stop losing their minds about it now. Uh, I'm delighted that we were able to get some of you guys on as well to have your say on the subject. Always great to hear from you guys as well. I think it really enhances the podcast. Um, big thank you to Faddy as well. Uh, who not only joined us, but has made a donation to the channel as well. Thank you so, so much, mate. Uh, wishing you all the best. Just enjoy it now. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday, uh, knowing that the Declan Rice deal is done. Watch his interview over and over again, because it will give you goosebumps, I promise you, if you haven't seen it already. And um, yeah, let's enjoy the rest of the weekend. Arsenal head out to the US, of course, uh, tomorrow for their pre-season tour. I know a lot of our US-based listeners will be going over to see the team, uh, which is amazing. It's a great opportunity for you guys uh, to see them up close without having to come across the Atlantic and all the rest of it. Uh, so make sure you enjoy that, of course. If I could ask you to leave a like on the video on your way out, if you haven't done so already, that really, really does help. Subscribe to the channel if you're brand spanking new as well. We're going to be back, unless something else major breaks, which I really doubt um, Arsenal would want to put anything out that would overshadow this Declan Rice news, uh, then uh, we'll be back tomorrow. And we're finally going to get around to doing the pod that I've been trying to do for a few days, but always felt like the news got in the way. What is Arsenal's best 11? Where exactly does Declan Rice fit in? Where exactly does Kai Havertz fit in? And where exactly does Urian Timber fit in? Where are we going? As, a, as an 11. And I know that we're talking a lot about rotation and the need for depth and all of that. And I completely agree with that point. But what will be Mikel Arteta's go-to 11 in the biggest games, in the games that matter most? We're going to try and work that out on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. We'll be live with you at around about 11 a.m. UK time, but keep your eyes peeled on the notifications and uh, we'll run through that with your help as well from the live chat box. I'll catch you all soon. Until next time, take care of yourselves. All the best. Goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.